Welcome back to the Energetics of Everything, your favorite place to learn about all things wealth, health, and personal development from an energetic perspective. If you are someone who is in pursuit of both being the best version of yourself and creating a wildly impactful life, then this is the place for you. Throughout this podcast, you will learn how to use my hindsight as your foresight as you identify your purpose, optimize your behavior patterns, and create a ripple effect of positive change that your soul knows you're capable of. My name is Eden Carpenter, and I am so excited to be a part of your personal growth today. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the energetics of everything. We are trying something different today. So if the audio sounds different, I'm always working on correcting my process and seeing if there's anything that I can do to support my creative flow even more. And something that I've decided to do since recording the last couple of episodes is I've decided to put on my headphones and actually allow myself to walk around instead of sitting down with my really fancy microphone because I tend to get antsy and I really like to move when I talk. So I think that this episode is probably going to feel a little bit more like you and I are just on the phone chatting. And if you've ever been on the phone with me, you know that I like to talk for hours. I'm the kind of friend that I don't want to talk to you for months at a time. I want to go into my hermit mode. You got to do your thing. I'm okay with like not staying up to date on all of the little details that show up in your life, but I do want to reflect. I do want to catch up. I do want like a three, four hour conversation. I think my average is probably around two hours, but I want like a two hour conversation where we just go back and forth and you update me on all of the things and the patterns that you're seeing and we let go of things. And it's like this big, deep, amazing re- refresh and recharge. That is how I like my phone calls to go with my friends when I talk on the phone and like my sisters and everybody. So you might hear a little bit more background noise and the sound might be a little bit different because I have headphones on so that I can get up and I can move around. I can move around my room. I can move around the space. I can lay down if I need to. This just feels like what I do when I'm on the call with my friends. I almost always wear headphones. I always have great conversations in that context. And the goal is to bring that to you guys, because today I'm really just going off script. I have no notes other than what I want to title this episode and what I want to be discussing today. So I have my initial intentions and that's it. And we're just having a conversation. So The vibe is you just got on the phone with me and we are chatting and you have asked me, what have I learned about being a manifesting generator? What are my reflections? What are my thoughts now after about five and a half years of experimenting with human design? What's shifted? What's changed? What have been the biggest breakthroughs? That is what we are discussing today. When I first found out about the manifesting generator, I'm a fighter. I am argumentative. I've gate 17, which is an Aries gate, (laughs) three times, an opinions gate. I have it a whole bunch in my chart. I see this a lot and I see it a lot in my earlier days with human design specifically, but I was really upset 
when human design was only talking about four aura types or if anybody just lumped in manifesting generators with generators, it felt really frustrating to me. And I felt like I wasn't seen and undefined G center. That's a huge thing for me is not being seen and not being heard. I did my very best to advocate for my opinion, which was if there's five aura types, like if we're going to call manifesting generators are different than generators and all of my research, because I started out researching my own design, but also the people closest to me. And I'm married to a generator. So obviously my husband's chart was coming up in my experimentation and in my exploration because comparing and contrasting things helps me to learn it and understand it at a deeper level. So I was reading about generators versus manifesting generators and thinking about my personal experience. And I just didn't resonate with so much of the generator things. And I think it's because I was looking at my life as a whole. I was looking at the big scale patterns. I was looking at the big picture. And if you look at the big picture of my life, I've had lots of phases. I've gone through many different interests. I'm always multitasking. But if you look at it a little bit closer, there is definitely this generator theme. And I've really just sat with that and contemplated that. And I've gone back and forth between whether I really appreciate types or if I don't like it. And I think that it's a stupid concept in general, but I'll share a little bit of the history on that actually, which is that in the first publication of human design content, when we first had, I think it's titled the human design system. It's also referred to in the human design community as the black book because it has a black cover and it was the first human design system interpretation created by Ra. In this book, it does not discuss types. So in the first draft of human design, there was no such thing as type. There was only the centers, only the channels. It was the body graph and it was still the foundational principles. It discussed authority and decision making and all of those things, but it didn't talk about types. It did not label different energy types or aura types. The four aura types came about a couple of years later, if you look at the timing and you look at the story of when they were published and when type came around, and then of course, what happened in the human design community, when you have something that is a label and it's an initial categorization, an initial judgment, like a type or a sign or a personality type or a color or whatever it is that you're taking some sort of assessment and having that initial find your type. Like we have all of the answers. It's a very five line energy to me of this is the specific thing. You are this. This is your aura type. This is how you interact with everyone else. It's a simplification of a lot of the things in the body graph, but human design types were actually brought about as a marketing tool. It's so much easier to discuss and to market, especially as a five line, which Ra was, he's a five one manifester with that five one profile, being able to say, look, I've done the research. I have the education and I have the answers. You are this type. Therefore, this is the solution. This is your strategy. This is your authority that works really, really well for the fifth lines. And for him to bring the system into the world, that was a brilliant idea, especially since, of course, in the education, he teaches going deeper and differentiating the whole thing. It starts with type, but it does go deeper into differentiating individuals. So that's 
why we have types in the first place. Of course, when I heard that, all of my gate 17 energy was very opinionated. Well, obviously, if it's just a marketing tactic, it's not necessary. But there's also this part of me that sees how type is so generalized. And most of the advice for your type, there can be very specific things in your chart or even pretty general things that are just uh, variables and factors in your design that can make you not resonate with your type or not resonate with a lot of the information that is available to you. I think that a lot of the generalized information around type is it's empowering and it's exciting and it's a great way to get people introduced to the system. But it's not the end all be all because every single chart is unique. My expression and my experience being a manifesting generator is going to be different than absolutely every single one of you because of the details in my chart, because of my experience, because of the differentiation between you and me. We are different. Our designs are different. We're going to have different experiences. I kind of went from doing a lot of work with type and then I went into a phase where I was really trying to break it down even further and I really wanted to show people that you're not just your type. So I tried playing with subtypes. I wanted to break down generators and I wanted to break down projectors because I wanted people to start seeing a step further, a step beyond your type. And I thought maybe a subtype was what was missing and that led to people just attaching onto labels even more. This is really my main problem. And it's probably just the conditioning of my undefined G center where I like to avoid labels. <laughs> I don't like to be predictable, even though I know I am. I like to avoid labels. I like to be unexpected. That's a part of who I am. And so I avoid being told who I am. I avoid being told what to do. I avoid authority a lot. Can you see my gate 18 there? <laughs> Fear of authority. Back on track, I played with subtypes and how I did this was instead of just saying like manifesting generators or a subtype of generator, I tried to break it down into what's defining and what's informing your generating energy, right? Are you an emotional generator? Because an emotional generator is going to react and respond differently than let's say a root generator where your generator energy, your sacral center is connected to your root center, that channel and that activation, that's going to be a different conversation than your emotional center being connected to your sacral center or your G center. So I started to try and break it down. And I wanted people to understand not just their authority center, but their authority channel, because when you understand the channels, that's where you start to see conversation that's happening underneath. And I can very specifically pinpoint and navigate the conversation of turning emotionality into commitment and willpower and a promise through my authority channel. And that's been so much more helpful for me than just riding my emotional wave. So I think that the generalized advice is a great place to get started, but the whole point of the system is to learn about yourself and to learn about all of the details and to figure out how you operate in a way that's completely unique to everybody else and to see how your conditioning shows up for you. So anyways, that's kind of a long intro. I feel like I'm still just introducing this topic, but I think it's important because I went from really trying to say like many gens are the fifth type or something else to 
a conversation where I'm really just allowing everybody to be unique. And I'm not discussing type as much, but I think that being a manifesting generator, that's still a label that I do refer to a lot. And that's still a part of my design. That's really important part of my design. And I come back to over and over again, because it is such a foundational piece and it is a great generalization. It's a great starting point. So I think they're great. I think that when you know more about them, you can make your own assumptions around what advice and what things you resonate. But ultimately, it's always going to come back to, I trust individual pieces of advice. Like if I read an Instagram post about a Manny Jen and it really resonates with me, I'm going to take that and I'm going to feel empowered. And if it doesn't, I'm going to leave it. And I'm not going to try and judge myself for being that or not being that. Take everything in, trust your intuition above everything else. That's the whole point of everything. I went from really trying to say that many gens are different to really just helping everybody see that they are unique. And regardless of their type, there's so much more than just your type. I'm going to be talking about type today. But I needed to preface it with, you are more than your type. And that was my entire reasoning behind why we are more than our type. My experience with being a manifesting generator, I was so relieved when I heard that I am here to be multi-passionate and then I'm here to bounce between things because I have labeled myself as a chaotic, hot mess for as long as I can remember I like I see myself as a tornado that comes into places has no idea what she's doing she's chaotic she's all over the place she's messy she makes a mess of her life she makes a mess of other people's lives all while trying really hard to do the right thing and to be perfect and to not hurt anyone in my process if that's the story I'm telling myself then of course that's the story that I'm going to see because that's what I'm focusing on it's going to expand When you're looking at something or you're looking for something, it shows up all around you. I really resonated with the multi-passionate thing and it really allowed me to be multi-passionate in that moment. In that moment, I was in the beginning stages of nursing school. I was in the general education classes. I'm taking English, nutrition, some sciences, really just in school, learning about myself, learning about psychology and having this secret world where all I'm doing in my free time is listening to podcasts about building a business. And all I'm doing is reading about how to change your relationship to money. And I'm diving into personality types and understanding people in different frameworks and all of these things in the side. And so it felt really good to have that permission slip of being a manifesting generator, of being multi-passionate. It allowed me to, in the moment, feel like I could handle lots and lots of things. Over the years, what I've noticed, I think my initial understanding of the manifesting generator was that you will always have multiple big projects in your life. I saw it as I was going to be training for a marathon and I would be simultaneously also like working, doing Afro yoga and I'd be writing a book and I'd be the social media superstar and podcaster. And then I would have all of these different really big successful areas of my life at the same time. What that led me to do was in my life and in my business, I 
assumed my energy was limitless. I'm told I've got big sacral energy. I've got four motors defined. I'm not just a manifesting generator. I have the 3420, which is the direct manifesting generator channel. And not just that, but that's my conscious sun and conscious earth. So it's literally the biggest part of my personality is this sacral energy. And it's in a sixth line, <laughs> which means I'm here to teach about it. I'm here to play with it. I'm here to be a role model for other people in what it looks like to really live this powerful and creative individual life to like to really pave your own path and do things your own way as a manifesting generator like 34 is the Manny gen gate and my life's purpose is that in the sixth line so being a role model of a manifesting generator so it's very big big sacral energy <laughs> and so when I knew that I had this big sacral energy I really opened up energy in my body all of a sudden I felt like the embodiment of an energizer bunny. I remember being like, I'm heavy lifting, I'm at the gym and I just want to like jump. I just want to like play. I just want to like bounce around on my toes between sets because I'm just so energized and so excited about everything that I'm doing and about this new understanding, this new perspective, everything that I'm contemplating. So it was really powerful for me to give myself permission to handle lots of things, to not be ashamed of my large capacity, to not be ashamed of being able to do it all. Because when you have a large output capacity, when you do lots of things, people get jealous, people get insecure, people are afraid of keeping up because manifesting generator energy is if everything's defined in the body graph, which is our collective conditioning, we all want everything in the body graph, our undefined energy searches for and is seeking definition. The ultimate societal conditioning says that you have to be an emotional manifesting generator with all nine centers defined. And I'm an emotional manifesting generator with seven of the nine centers defined. So I'm very triggering to a lot of people, especially when I'm going at a very high pace and I'm doing everything at once. That has led me to lower my self-confidence because as soon as people see you doing a lot at once, the doubts come in. They say, there's no possible way you're doing it all your own you're cheating, you're not doing it right, you're not doing it in integrity, they start to look for reasons why I can't be doing it all. Because if I can, if I can be doing it all, if I am easily able to run a business and stay healthy and take care of my house and do all of the things that I like to do and read hundreds of books a year and create podcasts and all of the things, if I'm able to do all of the things, then why can't you? That's going to be the conditioning that shows up and that's the triggering that happens when I'm really in alignment is other people start to look at that and we always crave what we can't have. So if you see me and my big sacral energy and you're maybe a generator who's not satisfied with the work that they're doing, you're frustrated with the work that you're doing, that's triggering to see that somebody else has something and you want that thing. And then all of a sudden it makes your situation feel even more painful and even more frustrating in comparison because there's that contrast, because there's the comparison available to you. When I show up as a role model, when I show up and allow other people to just witness me in my process, they see what they want to see. They see what they're available to see. And when they see more than what they're available for, it triggers them and it triggers things inside of them. And the potential in that is that they can see that trigger and they can 
do the deconditioning, they can tell themselves a different story and they can use me as proof. You can use me as proof to break your own limitations. Me being successful and me being able to handle a lot of things at once has nothing to do with me and me being better or worse or like anything like that. It has everything to do with this is available to you. This is energy. This is me living in alignment. And when you live in alignment, it may not look exactly how it looks for me, but you don't have to be me. The same level of satisfaction is available to you. The same level of pleasure, the same level of enjoyment in your life, the same level of fulfillment is available to you. It's just going to look different if you want to do it your way. <laughs> and I think everyone should do it their way. That's literally my life's purpose. Please do it your way. So that's my little tangent there. Where I am now, I feel like I have a really good understanding of what the manifesting generator aura experiences now. I've gone through a lot of phases, but my phases will go and they will come back. One of them specifically is art. I taught myself how to draw when I was younger. I took one art drawing class in college because it was a required class. And I play around with lots of different things. I've taught myself graphic design. That is a form of art that I do now. Sometimes in the evenings, if I'm just like feeling artistic, I will play around in Canva and I will just click through to see if I can make a fun background. And that's where most of my graphics come from are me clicking around and having fun in my free time. I'm illustrating a lot of things for my upcoming website, but I used to just draw a lot as a child and I would go through phases where it would almost be like I'm producing a series where like all I want to do is draw, all I want to do is draw, all I want to do is get lost in the graphite and in the paper and in the smudging and all of the black and white. It just was my happy place, right? I would get lost in that. And then there was a couple of years where I really wasn't into it for a while. It was boring. I was over it, overdone. And then I would fall back in love with it in a different style. So the second time it was colored pencils. And so I started working with color instead of just the black and white. And then I moved into more like charcoal and the more advanced style of graphite. I've like worked with different things, but they're phases that come and go. What I feel the manifesting generator does and my experience with this is that like all manifesting generators are different. You can have direct manifesting generator channels. You can have manifested channels. So you can have the 3420, which directly connects the sacral to the throat center, like me. You can have an emotional connection to the throat center. You can have one of the direct manifested channels, like the 2145, the 1222, or the 3536. You could have indirect manifested channels. You could have like your sacral center connects to your splenic center, and then your splenic center connects to your throat center. That's an indirect connection. All of those different experiences with the manifesting generator aura are going to have a very different experience with waiting, with patience, with timing, with intuition, with taking action. It's all going to look different. So I can really only share my experience. And my experience is that I have pretty big seasonal cycles, like a manifester. 34 is the only gate defined in my sacral center. So the only expression that I have with sacral energy is not necessarily in response, but it's always responding with action. It's always in the moment taking action. It's actually also manifestation. For me, when I'm responding, it's also an urge. It's been weird and difficult for me to kind of tease this apart and differentiate 
what is a sacral response because my sacral responses build up over time. What I've found is that if I get an initial response to something like, ooh, that's exciting. If I jump into it immediately, it doesn't work. It fizzles out. And then I get to a space where I'm like, oh, no, this was a great idea. I should still be passionate about this. Why am I feeling lazy? Why can I not get this done? I have to continue working on it. I have to force it and I'll fall into the shadow. What works well for me is a slow burn, some anticipation. I need to let it build up like a creative urge. So what I talk about with manifestors and the manifestor aura is that you go through cycles. You're going to have an inner winter where you're resting, where you're reflecting, where you're probably pretty solitary. And of course, that's going to depend on your design, your lifestyle and your profile, because two lines, four lines, things like that can impact your socialization desires. So we have an inner winter, we have this spring energy. And then the spring energy is where you're starting to get new ideas. There's this anticipation, things are growing, things are blooming. It's not in full bloom yet, right? Things don't quite look bloomed and pretty and put together yet. It's still forming, it's still growing. There's still some snow on the ground. There's still some things that need to warm up a little bit. That's where I feel like my creative urges start. And I feel like I have to wait through that spring. And then all of a sudden it's time to go. So I have to wait for the energy to build up. And what I will do is when I get a big idea, like I had a big idea a couple days ago, and I've been playing with it for a couple of days. And I'm in this phase right now. That's one of the reasons I'm recording this podcast episode is because I am in it right here in this moment. Right now, I have a couple of ongoing projects that I am continuing to work on, the things that I do in my daily life. But there's something building and I can feel it physically. I can feel it mentally. I can feel it emotionally. And when I tune into just my ideas of my inner world, I can feel it's like fire. There's anticipation and there's this like breathiness that I want to like inhale a little bit more. It's a beautiful sensation. And I know this feeling. I know this feeling because I've been here before. I have studied these patterns. I have studied myself deeply in contemplation. With this anticipation, what I do instead of jumping in immediately is I look at what is everything that I need to do right now, before it's time to go all in on that, how can I get ready? How can I get ready so that when it is time, I can fully surrender, I can completely forget about absolutely everything else. I'm divinely supported in getting lost in that creative flow because I know once I wait, once I let that energy build up, that actual moment of clarity, that actually response, that urge when it actually happens, I am lost in creative flow. You can't talk to me. I forget to drink water. I forget to eat. Hours, weeks, days go by. I do not remember anything. I feel like I literally black out because I am in creative flow. For me, creative flow is I have my muse. I have my genius. I have the spirit or the feeling, the sensation of the idea, usually over my left shoulder. I can't tell you why, but that's where I hear this. That's the source for me of my ideas. It's over my left shoulder. And it's almost like someone is whispering into my ear. It's a warm presence. It's delicious. So I feel that 
my eyes are visually looking at whatever it is that I am putting together. And I am a focused view perspective, but all of my other variables are pointing to the right. So I have a lot of passive energy, but I'm a focused view perspective. What this means is I like chaos to be going on around me so that I can zone in on one thing. I can block out absolutely anything in order to get something done. Loud music in a coffee shop, kids can be screaming. There could be a burning building next to me someone in a monkey suit could walk by and I would not notice because I am so focused on what it is that I'm doing so I have this muse over my shoulder I'm fully locked into the one thing that I'm focusing on and then in the upper right side of my like visual field this is my inner vision cognition kicking in I see the future. I see me talking about this. I see me sharing this. I see people responding to this. I'm holding the vision and it's like I can see the potentials and I'm like watching all of the possibilities of what could be. Sometimes those visions come true. Sometimes they don't, but other things very similar will happen or it's still that feeling, that energy. That's what I'm doing in creative flow. I'm literally holding multiple perspectives. I am listening. I am hearing. I am channeling this idea through me. I'm connected to it. I'm actually physically doing the things. I'm writing the words. I'm creating the graphics. I'm recording the thing. I'm physically doing it. And I'm looking at that and paying attention. I'm present for that. And I'm also holding the vision for what I'm creating. When I'm in flow, I get lost in this state, absolutely lost. And I need to make sure that I can support myself to really, really get lost in that flow because it's only a season. It only lasts a season. It only lasts until that project is done. And then I go back through my creative cycle, then I'll go into a fall, then I will go through the completion cycle, and then I will find myself back in an inner winter. So what I've found is that I have these bigger overarching creative cycles and creative urges. But when I'm in an urge, I show up like a generator. I have this overarching manifestor scheme where my sacral energy builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up. There's this anticipation. Like I said, it's a slow burn, right? I'm going to push it back let it build even more. That's always my process is I want to build the anticipation until I am literally about to explode. I cannot not do this. I have to let this idea come through me at a physical level. Like it physically has to come through me. That's how I want to be creating. That's what I desire in my creative process. And if it's not that, I'm not doing it. So when I wrote down a whole bunch of ideas, and today I had no desire to be recording podcast episodes, but then this popped into my head and has not been able to leave me alone literally all day, I know that it's time for this conversation to come through. I'll go through the creative cycle. And when I'm in the creative cycle, I am very much generator energy. I'm excited about the same things. I can come back to the project. I have energy for the day. I drain myself. I recharge. I come back the next day. It's consistent. It's not like day one, I'm really into this project. And day two, I want nothing to do with it. And I'll come back in a week. Sometimes I do that. But when I'm really in flow with a creative urge, I'm locked in. I have one big focus and I am working detail by detail to get it done. Of course, there's like a mental spreadsheet of things and boxes that I have to check off that I'm working through, but that's flow for me. The anticipation, I literally will do everything I possibly can to get ready for it. I will clean my house. If my house is not clean, the creative urge is not going to come through. 
Because if I walk out of my office and the house is messy, if there's clutter, I'm going to feel anxious and I don't like that. (laughs) Or it's going to build up over a couple of days inevitably because I'm not going to want to do any of the house cleaning. And then it can possibly pull me out of flow. So I want to make sure that my house is tidy. I want to make sure that I am continuing to maintain my health, which means before I can get started, if I wake up in the morning and I am really antsy to get to work, I will push it out. I will force myself to go work out. I will force myself to stretch and drink my tea and do my journaling and go through my slow boring morning routine because it's going to build that anticipation. And then by the time I do take action on that urge, I know that it's a full body. Yes. And I'm like primed and ready for that state. But if I jump into it immediately, I'm not keeping the promises and the boundaries that I made to myself. And the promises that I made to myself are that I am going to take care of myself over being successful and over getting things done. Right now, I know the creative urge. I know the timing of when it's about to come through. I know what's going to happen. I can feel the anticipation. I can see the vision of people responding to it and connecting with it. I'm really just loving the experience that we're going to be able to create together. So I'm seeing that and I'm spending time connecting with the vision now. I'm still in anticipation, but there's things that I can do to make that flow really, really comfortable. I'm creating some outlines. I am finishing up some other projects that I know that I have to finish up. I'm wrapping things up. I am creating simplicity so that if people are wanting to buy products of mine, it's easy to find them. It's easy to navigate. And that's going to reduce some of the time that I spend in DMs answering questions or having my team answer questions. So I'm prepping myself. Here's what it is. I can see that the vision is going to come through. I get this premonition that an idea is going to come through, something big is going to happen, and I want to be ready. I want to make sure that I am going to be able to handle that and make it successful because I want to marry my energy to it. I want to be obsessed with it. I want to be in partnership with this idea. I want to give it my all. And in order to give it my all, I have to take care of myself first. I will prep the stage and I will prep the setting and I will build the anticipation. I will think about it. I will fantasize about it. And as soon as it happens, then I will be able to get lost in that creative flow. And so then I get lost in creative flow. And then I get to a point where I start to get frustrated. I'm like, ugh, okay, I've been here for a while. I'm starting to get tired. When is this going to be over? Did I take on more than I can handle at that point? The goal is to go back to the details and look at exactly what's in front of me and not think about how much further I have to go. Because if I keep working on the details, They will all fall into place. It's like a puzzle. Piece by piece, everything will make sense in the end. Even though it looks like a jumble of pieces right now, it will all fit together in the end. So I will get lost in the flow. I will piece the things together. And there's usually a little bit of resolve, a little bit of willpower that is necessary towards the end to finish the project. And it's coming from an aligned state. I'm really intentional about that, especially towards the end of projects because that's where I have the tendency to burn out. If I don't do it in the beginning, when I'm just so excited and want to go fast, 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 I burn out at the end because I'm pushing when I need to start allowing myself to rest a little bit more. So my days will become a little bit shorter. The amount I'm producing in each day will start to dwindle a little bit. And that's not a bad thing. That's just my energy cycle. It's starting to get tired because as a manifesting generator, This is the difference between many gens and generators. 
the more you do something, the less exciting it becomes. I used to think that this was me not being able to appreciate things. Me just wanting that like new, that shiny object, right? I was like, oh, I just have like shiny object syndrome. I only like things when they're new and exciting and then I get bored of them. Yeah, I only like things when they're new and exciting. And when my body is done with it, when my energy is done with it, I get bored of it. And that boredom is my sign to tune in, check in, make sure that it's time to move on, wrap up anything that I need to do, follow through with any commitments that I've made, and then move on to usually a resting period where I'm really focused on recharging and going inwards and seeing what went well, reflecting on what didn't go well, learning from my mistakes, contemplating what I did, because in the moment, I don't see my design. In the moment, I am not making mental decisions. And I think that that's one of the hardest things to do, especially as you're first getting started in human design is you want to make mental decisions. But at the moment that you're in your head and you're thinking, okay, how do I approach this as an emotional manifesting generator? You're no longer in your body unless you're able to get back into your body in that moment. But if you're trying to think it through and logic your way through how to make a decision based off of your emotional authority in this moment, it's not quite the same. You're still in your head. You're still in your mind. You're not in your body. I really allow myself to get lost in what I'm doing and just behave and just be. And then I will look back and be able to reflect on and be able to see what parts of my design come out, what patterns I see in retrospect. And that's really where my contemplation comes from. So that's a major part of the creative process is after I'm lost in it, allowing myself to look back and see what I messed up, what I didn't like, what I really liked, what I want more of, what I want less of. And that helps me to create change in the future and set myself up even better for the next time that I go into an urge because I have that phase of getting ready for the urge. That's been my experience as a Manny Jen lately. If you're listening to this episode, you've listened to the one already, hopefully, on Sacral Energy where I discuss the hormonal birth control journey that I have had and how that's affected my sacral energy specifically. But since being off of it, I've definitely noticed my big sacral energy coming back. I'm somebody who I love living a sacrally led life. I do things for pleasure. I am very, very (laughs) firm in that I will not do things I don't want to do. Occasionally when it's like intuitively the correct decision, then it genuinely is what I want to do. But yeah, I don't do things that are a no in my body and I've always lived by these, but I'm finally feeling that big energy again, that sensation of, I talked about it earlier in the episode, those sensations where I feel like an energizer bunny and where physically I'm like bouncing up and down and I can't stop moving and I'm not antsy, but just excited. I'm physically feeling that energy and vitality and vibrancy come back And that's been really, really delicious. It's been so delicious. That has been my experience lately is just reminding myself again of my big energy because I've gotten a little bit cautious when it comes to overexerting myself since that was a pattern in the past. I kind of overcorrected in a couple of areas. And so sometimes there's a hesitation of like, ooh, is that going to be too much for me? Am I going to be able to handle that? Better not. Better wait a little bit so that I know I can handle it. I'm working on really just seeing that big sacral energy again and really seeing that I do have 
our motor center is defined. And in the correct state, when I am healthy, when I'm taking care of myself and making big decisions, like getting off of a hormonal birth control to protect my sacral energy and to create a more natural rhythm and environment for my body, that's me making big decisions for my design. That is me following my authority, but that's me making big decisions to prioritize the sacral energy because I want to feel excited. I want to feel happy. I want to feel joyful. I want to feel delighted by the things that I do. And I do, but I know that there's more available to me. I know there's more because I've experienced more. And so now I am intent on creating more and I'm taking the steps to creating more of that big sacral energy in my life. So follow along, obviously, for the journey as I continue to create things and continue to embody the multi-passionate and creative powerhouse energy that I hold as a sacral being. That is what I have for you. That's been my experience. Thank you for tuning in and listening today. And I'll catch you in the next episode.